And welcome to the second segment of the PBL podcast for today's broadcast. And Woody, how are you doing, Woody? Woody's, well, you know, Woody's kind of quiet today. He's just sitting there. He's got his, he's not looking at me. I think he's upset. Woody, do you need more airtime? Is that what it is? Woof. I think Woody wants more airtime. What is it, Woody? What's bothering you? Oh, Woody wants you to go over to our bra- our, our website, thepblpodcast.com, subscribe to our YouTube channel because Woody and I have a lot of plans for videos on YouTube and we want you to be a part of that and we want you to watch them and we want you to subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. Is that it, Woody? Woof, that's it. So help a dog out. By the way, Woody's a great dog and you wouldn't want to hurt his feelings, would you? All right. Well, on this episode of the PBL podcast, I've got a hodgepodge of articles. So this is kind of a quick take free for all. I'm just going to go through some articles that I found that I, I thought were just, I, I wouldn't say they're interesting, but they're just, oh my God, they're mind boggling. Like the first one here uh, from PJ Media. And this is from uh, Tyler O'Neill. The headline is not satire. You know it's going to be good when it, the headline starts with not satire. The New York Times is worried about safety of Portland Antifa rioters. Yep, there you go. On, here from the article. On Tuesday, the New York Times published a, a heinously misleading report suggesting that dangerous right-wing activists has suddenly introduced violence into the protest in cities like Portland and Kenosha, Kenosha Wisconsin, while the article, posing as straight reporting, not opinion, really, did reference unrest and looting sporadically, it painted the Antifa agitators who have attempted to burn down buildings with people inside as protesters who suddenly face danger thanks to the invasion of conservatives with guns. Dun, dun, dun. So, <laughs> from the article, as right-wing groups increasingly move to confront unrest in cities, demonstrators are taking drastic steps in assessing how to keep themselves safe, the Times subhead summarized. The article begins by quoting Reese Monsoon, who organizes security for the hundreds of protesters in Portland. Monsoon reportedly advised the protesters who have covered for and perpetrated dangerous and violent riots to use shields made of plywood, pool noodles, and 55-gallon drums, which the article describes as tools to deflect the most the, the riot-controlled measures used by police. Really, seriously, the, the New York Times is actually worried about the safety of Portland Antifa rioters. In Portland, a man was killed by a protester. He was shot dead. And the New York Times has the audacity to come out and say they're worried about the safely safety of the Portland. You know, Antifa is a violent organization. You know, if you look at Antifa, and here here's the origins of Antifa. Now, I love how people say, well, they can't be bad because in their headline, it's Antifa, anti-fascist, right? They're anti-fascist. Who isn't anti-fascist? Okay, here's the history of the anti-fascist movement. Hitler was a fascist. Mussolini was a fascist. Do we all agree on that? Right In World War II, we saw this. This history is solidified. Mussolini, Hitler were fascists. They were horrible people. It was a horrible system. Now, a fascist system, it controls you and it controls the economy. But communism 
controls everything. It controls the mode of commerce. It controls you. It controls how, what you do as far as a job. It controls your income. It controls everything about you. Communism goes one step, three, maybe four steps further than fascism, because at least in fascism, private industry can still exist. It exists under the rule of government, a fascist government, but it still exists. In communists, no such thing happens. Antifa are communists. They, the anti-fascist part of Antifa is because they are full-blown communists and the communists hated fascists. Now, if you go back to World War II, because that's your perfect example of all this, is Russia was a communist state and they hated Hitler. They hated Mussolini. They fought a war against them. They were our allies in World War II because they hated fascism that much because fascism was basically communism light. It wasn't going full far enough. So the Antifa movement and is all about communism. So if you really believe that Antifa is a good thing because in their title, in their name, it says Antifa because it's anti-fascist, well, you're not paying attention to history. And you're not paying attention to the reality of what Antifa is really about. They are a communist movement. They want to take over everything that you do. They don't want just a little bit. They want all of it. So here is uh, an article that I pulled up. It's called A Brief History of Antifa part one. And I'll just go through some of the bullets here. Empirical and anecdotal evidence shows that Antifa is, in fact, highly networked, well-funded, and has a global presence. It has a flat organizational structure with dozens and possibly hundreds of local groups. This is not an organic organization, ladies and gentlemen. Antifa is an organized movement. It is not an organic movement. These kids don't just show up. They're paid to play and they are given instructions. Antifa's stated long-term objectives is from the article, both in America and abroad, is to establish a communist world order in the United States. Antifa's immediate aim is to bring about the demise of the Trump administration. So they want to establish a communist world order and they can't have Trump there. Trump is in the way of that. The Democrats, by the way, the Communist um, um, Party of USA, I forget what it's called, just endorsed Biden. The communists are Antifa. Antifa are communists. They want to bring a demise to the capitalist system because they are communist. They want to bring a communist world order. Trump prevents that. So obviously they are way anti-Trump. From the article, a common tactic used by Antifa in the United States and Europe is to employ extreme violence and destruction of public and private property to goad the police into a reaction, which then proves Antifa's claims that the government is fascist. See, what they're doing is 
they're goading they they're they're trying to get people to rile up so they can show that the government's fascist and we're anti-fascist so we're good you should support us they're communist people absolute communists is there any any doubt why antifa and blm work so well together i mean blm is a marxist organization in fact it's been proven by by blm organizers themselves that they are a marxist or they, they said they're marxist they're trained in marxism but we don't our media doesn't want you to know that they don't tell you that so from the article out of cowardice its members cover their faces and keep their names secret antifa constantly threatens violence and attacks against politicians and police officers it promotes senseless damage to property amounting to vast sums antifa is a abhorrent organization if you think antifa has a positive spin on the world because they say they're anti-fascist one you're not listening to the show you're not hearing me anyway but you're wrong you're just absolutely atifa is an abhorrent organization and the rioters that are happening that are the riots that are happening across america is an organized effort by antifa to to divide this country there is a group of people that are pulling all these strings and hey i know this is conspiracy theory but you know it as well that these Antifa thugs, these Antifa soy boys, these Antifa, you know, suburban white brats, because that's mostly what they are, are being paid to play or manipulated to play by a larger entity. And I won't go into what I think the entity is. I mean, some of you and some of others have pointed to the George Soros Open Society have they funded it probably so do i have that evidence no but antifa is an agitator and what does antifa want they want communism they don't want fascism i'll give them that they are anti-fascist but it doesn't mean they're good it doesn't mean that they're promoting a, a good entity or a good program for everybody it means they are communists because if you go back again to world war ii if you go back to leading up to it, Mussolini, Hitler, or fascists. They were not good people. Fascism is not good. But fascism, what it doesn't do is it doesn't necessarily control the means of production. It puts its arm in there and it controls companies. It tells them what they can and cannot do, but it allows that free trade, if you will. It allows businesses to continue. A great example of this, by the way, is Mercedes-Benz. Another great example of this, by the way, is Hugo Boss. Let me explain. In Hitler's Germany, Hugo Boss, I don't know if you know this, Hugo Boss was a designer back then during Hitler's Germany. He was an actual person that actually existed, and he actually had designed clothes. If you look at all of the 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 videotapes the historical tapes of all the nazis the ss and all that and their uniforms and you're looking at the actual videos from those times those documentaries and all that kind of stuff those uniforms 
were designed by Hugo Boss. Did you know that? Most people don't know that. Now, I love Hugo Boss. Don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to slam Hugo Boss. It's my preferred designer. I love freaking Hugo Boss clothes. They fit me so well. Could be because I'm 68% dramatic. I don't know. But I absolutely love the Hugo Boss brand. Do I take that he designed the outfits for Hitler's SS and all that and say, I'm never going to wear it? No, because under Hitler's fascism, he controlled the means of production. It didn't mean that he owned the means of production. It means he controlled the means of production. So Hugo Boss didn't have a choice. Hugo Boss had to design those outfits or guess what happened to Hugo Boss? He would have been killed. Even though this is a presidential election, there are many more candidates on the ballot besides the president. So go to Ballot Ready for a nonpartisan guide to your entire ballot. From there, you can compare candidates based on the stances on issues, biography, or endorsements, and then save your choice to use when you vote by mail or in the voting booth. You can even request your absentee ballot or make a plan to vote early or on election day. This election matters. So make sure you are ready and you vote and you vote informed. So visit go to ballot.org, enter your address to make sure that you vote and vote informed. So think about that. Don't I I've I've told this story to several people and they go, oh, I'll never buy Hugo Boss. Yeah, you're right. Most people I tell they do never buy Hugo Boss anyway. But they'll say, I'll never buy Hugo Boss again. No, 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 no. That is not the point. Hugo Boss didn't have a choice. Mercedes-Benz. If you watch all again, all of these historical documentaries of Hitler running around, he's in a Mercedes. Now, Mercedes was the very first car invented. They invented the automobile. You know, Daimler-Benz are the last names of the two individuals that invented the automobile or first patented it that got credit for invented the automobile. The Mercedes name came from, I think it was Daimler. I can't remember his first name. His daughter's name was Mercedes. So Mercedes-Benz came from one guy's daughter's name is Mercedes. The other guy's last name is Benz. Hence, you got Mercedes-Benz. The name of the company is Daimler-Benz. From the last name of the two gentlemen that started the company, Daimler-Benz. The very first automobile in the world was Mercedes-Benz. I love Mercedes. I absolutely love Mercedes. But Hitler took over the production because he was a fascist. It didn't mean he controlled the company, but it meant he controlled production. And then Volkswagen, right? Volkswagen, I'm saying it with an accent. Volkswagen, Volkswagen was a product of Hitler's fascism. Volkswagen translated as people's car. What Hitler wanted was a people's car. So he commissioned Ferdinand Porsche, yes, of Porsche, to create the Volkswagen. Volkswagen came from Ferdinand Porsche because Hitler said, I want a car for the people. That's fascism. Now, communism is a whole nother animal. Communism controls everything. None of what I just explained to you would have happened under communism but under fascism it's feasible and i know i'm trying to i'm it's painting fascism in a lighter a picture than communism they're both bad don't get me wrong communism controls production means of production controls the companies everything under communism you got nothing name me and i'll wait a 
an automotive brand that came out of communism. I'll wait. I'll wait. Okay, I won't wait because there'll be a lot of dead air. Name me a brand of clothing that came out of communism. I'll wait. Okay, I don't mean the the knapsack. No, you can't. You just simply can't. There is the, the, the Yugo. Hey, I used to, I had a girlfriend that owned a Yugo. It wasn't out of communism, but it was one of the communist bloc countries. It was a piece of crap. Let me get, let me tell you this. So you've got this in Antifa. They hate fascism. They hate it. And all fascism is, is communism light. So don't, don't, don't get sucked up into this. They hate fascism because it's in their name, and that's a good thing. Antifa is an abhorrent organization. What they want is full-blown communism. That's what they want. Don't get sucked up into it because they are absolutely evil people, and communism is the worst thing that could ever happen and has happened in the history of the world. There has not been one case where communism, fascism, socialism has ever worked in the world, ever. In fact, in America, and this is a little-known story, and I don't have data on here, but you can look it up. It's out there, is when early settlers came to America, they tried socialism. What they did was they plotted all this land and they said to each his own according to his ability. That's the communist manifesto, right? So you had a plot of land. You were supposed to farm that land and give to the community. Here's what happened. Early on, people realized they didn't have to work. They realized that, wait a minute, that guy over there, Jacob, Jacob's making all this corn and all this. He's got all these pigs. He's got all these cows. He's providing for the community. Why do I got to work? Jacob's doing a lot. Man, Jacob is cool. I love Jacob. I'm just going to go over here and you know drink some of my rye because Jacob is doing all that work. I'm not going to do anything. Now, Jacob is pissed. Jacob's looking over there at Bob. Bob's like, Bob's sitting on his ass drinking all his rye. He's not even sharing his rye. Do you believe that, Woody? That really happened. And so what happened? Anarchy happened. And the early settlers realized, because they were starving, the Indians, the, the Native Americans had to come in and teach them how to grow corn to survive. Look it up. Look it up. It's there. We started as a socialist nation with the settlers, and it was an absolute failure. A failure. And then capitalism came out of that because we realized that if you took Bob over here who is sitting on his ass, drinking his rye, took all of his, you know, his freebies away, Bob had to go fend for himself. So Bob had to start maybe making a little more rye and selling that to Jacob because Jacob's wanted some of that rye. So Jacob said, hey, I'll tell you what, you give me some of your rye, I'll give you some of my corn, maybe some of my pork, and then we'll trade. Capitalism, people. Socialism, communism, doesn't work. Antifa are communists. Never lose sight of that fact. That's why they hate our system. And what they want is our government to control everything. It's ridiculous. It really is. All right, a couple other quick takes. Let's move on to this. Um, not, uh, <clears throat> here's one. Also from PJ Media, 
Um, Anti-Trump network snubbed by the Commission on Presidential Debates. This is a real quick take. CNN was snubbed by the the potential the presidential debates have been announced. CNN doesn't get a seat at the table. Isn't that a beautiful thing? The first one will be September 29th, hosted by Fox News, Chris Wallace. I mean, these are going to be epic, 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 epic. I cannot wait for these debates. I mean, I just cannot wait. Uh, I, you probably can't either. I'm just going to be epic. But CNN, hey, kudos to <laughs> whatever, whoever made the decision. I think it's awesome. CNN has been shut out. Another quick take. Uh, you may have heard this, but the Washington, D.C. mayor wants to cancel culture monuments in Washington. One of those monuments is the Washington Monument. Can you believe that? Can you believe the mayor of Washington, D.C. wants to cancel culture out the Washington Monument? Quick take. PJ Media reported this. Uh, Brian Preston, September 3rd, 2020. Here's the headline. Why didn't Joe Biden say anything about Washington, D.C.'s attempt to mess with the Washington Monument? Why didn't he? I mean, there's no reason why he didn't. Why doesn't Joe say anything about that? A full 24 hours after Washington, D.C. Mayor Muriel Bowser enthusiastically announced her intention to carry forward the D.C.F.A.S.E.S.D.C. Faces Committee's recommendation to remove or otherwise mess with numerous monuments, one of them being the Washington Monument, and memorials around the city, the Democrat nominee for the American presidency has not said a single word. It goes on, silence is violence, right? What then is silence about the nation's capital's attempt to cancel the nation's founders? Biden delivered a rambling press conference Wednesday, and it was rambling, by the way, in which he discussed schools reopening, slamming Trump over masks, and called for a universal approach to the coronavirus. News of D.C.'s attacks on monuments throughout the city was already making headlines all over the country. That's from the article. For me, Biden said nothing. Biden has said nothing about the politicians in Washington, D.C., the mayor in Washington, D.C., want to cancel out monuments. I think the um, uh, there's other monuments they want to cancel. A George Washington statue, the Washington Monument, um, Andrew Jackson statue. It's absolutely ludicrous that we have come to this point where they get that kind oh, of a play that they could say this without people going, are you ludicrous? Are you crazy? What's wrong with you? And the media just sucks it up and lets them get away with it. Except for the alt media, which the left often says is racist. But anyway, here's another story again from PJ media. Here's the headline. Joe Biden goes to Kenosha and kills off what's left of the me too movement. Now this is funny. This for Stacey Lennox. I mean, kudos to her for, for thinking of this, because I didn't think of this when I first saw the story. So Stacey Lennox reported in PJ Media on September 3rd, Joe Biden goes to Kenosha and kills off what's left of the Me Too movement. Well, what does that mean? Because I know you're trying to, you're, you're sitting there going, well, wait a minute, I, I don't get that. What, what does that mean? So 
<clears throat> he go here. Here's from the article. Joe Biden is leaving the basement today to go to Kenosha, Wisconsin. He is not going to survey the damage or provide solutions for business owners and residents whose lives and businesses have been destroyed. He's not going to explain how he will support law enforcement in providing security for the law abiding residents of Kenosha. Instead, wait for it. The centerpiece of his visit that is being promoted is his meeting with the family of Jacob Blake. Biden is going to lionize a man accused of sexual assault who had a warrant out for his arrest, then showed up at the home of his alleged victim and actively resisted arrest while trying to retrieve a knife from his car. He marched to the driver's side door while officers would tell him to stop and tased him twice to impede his. So this man that Biden is going to lionize was accused of sexual assault. He had a warrant out for his arrest. That's what they mean by dismantling the Me Too movement in one full swoop. Biden, his campaign doesn't even think of that. One, Biden's not in charge of his campaign. Biden is not the one making the decisions. They're making the decisions for him. And this is a bad decision. I mean, it's a huge decision. Let's talk about Jacob Blake's father. In the article, from the article, specifically, ABC notes that Biden will be meeting with Jacob Blake Sr., as described in this article at Heavy. Okay, it talks about a meeting. Him. The father has a significant history of anti-Semitic, anti-Christian, anti-white and misogynistic social media posts. He also appears to be a supporter of Louis Farrakhan and the effective leader of the Democrat Party will be participating in a community meeting with this man to bring together Americans to heal and address the challenges we face. Irony, anyone, that's from the article. Absolutely spot on. Spot on. Biden doesn't get it because his team doesn't get it because his team doesn't know what they're doing. His team is a bunch of leftists, most likely Marxists. Yes, I'm calling him out for it. And Biden is just a simple, empty vessel who is taking directions from his team. He has no idea what he's got, what he's doing. Two art articles I want to get to real quick. You probably heard about Pelosi um, uh, going to the salon without her mask and she fights back. She says basically from from the salon set her up that the salon owes me an apology for setting me up was the headline. So when Nancy Pelosi says that she went to the salon and they didn't, because they didn't tell her she was violating protocol. She was violating California ordinance that they set her up. Can you believe that? That is amazing. Now, listen, I've only got a few minutes left. But I, I wanted to get to that story with Pelosi and her hypocrisy because it is absolutely hypocrisy. Hypocrisy. At its highest, the salon owner has basically come out and said, you know, how come I can't let other patrons come into my shop? In California, you can give a haircut, but it has to be outside and you can't use a blow dryer. And we saw a video of Pelosi inside the hairdresser's salon. Now, Pelosi says that the hairstylist she's gone through many times said it's okay. She says the hairstylist said it's okay. So the third person in line for the presidency took it is okay from her hairstylist. She, she's been on the front lines of slamming Trump for his hypocrisy for not wearing a mask, but she takes it from a hairstylist. That's it. That's, oh, the hypocrisy is crazy. But this last article I have for you, and I, I honestly don't know if this is satire. Honestly, it just may be satire. I just, 
I have no idea. I've, I've tried and tried to find out if this is satire, but uh, it, it may be satire. But if it's satire, it's satire in a way that it's trying to get money from leftists. Let me explain. Here is the headline. Why white people owning dogs is racist. That's right. Let me read that again. Why white people owning dogs is racist. So this writer is Katie Six. It's a guy, white guy, blonde hair, green eyes. Again, I, I believe this is satire. If you know this is satire, please, the PBL podcast at gmail.com. Let me know. But what this guy goes on to say in this article is be dogs were domesticated by Euro-Asians which he claims are people of color and that white people came in and stole the dogs from these Eurasians who were domesticated and they took years to domesticate the dogs. And these white people came in and they stole the dogs and appropriated the culture. So if you own a dog and you're white, you're racist. And he suggests that if you do own a dog and you're white, not only you're racist, but you should think about donating your dog to a family of people of color or a non-kill shelter. Now, again, I think I, I just cannot believe this is real. I, I honestly think this has got to be it's got to be satire. But in this day and age, with how crazy the left is, it just might be real. But if you own a dog and you're white, you're racist because you appropriated a culture. There's some story floating out there about Adele appropriated culture of braids in her hair or something like that. And she's racist for that. So how can you not believe this story could potentially be real? But it's so absurd. I just can't believe it's real. But with the left, you just can't put it past them. Anyway, thanks for listening to this uh, segment of the PBL podcast. It is a crazy world out there. And uh, please, 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 please be informed. Get online. Learn, learn, learn. Research. Email me at the pblpodcast.com or the pblpodcast at gmail.com. If you see anything or hear anything I'm saying is wrong, especially about this story, why white people owning dogs is racist. If you know that satire, please send me a link. I've tried to find it. I think they're just trying to fleece leftists by putting the most absurd leftist dogma out there and they're asking for donations and you know there's going to be a lot of leftists out there that'll give them donations so i just think they're fleecing people but i just I, but also in the back of my mind with all the craziness that is the left these days who knows it could be true so please email me at pblpodcast at gmail.com check out our website pblpodcast.com have a great great day